This is Isla podcast. Hello and welcome to the This is Isla podcast. Joining me for November's episode is our newest and first volunteer, Tom. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jolian. Thank you. It's nice to be here in the virtual studio. Shall we dive right in? Coming up in this month's episode... The Isla Community Access Group's Pat McGran talks to Glenn about their latest work. A musical segment from the Fraser Shaw Trust about this year's Isla Sessions. And a factoid. But first, last month we spoke to Jill Chase Moore and Dougie McFadgen about the Isla Resilience Group. The group's work continues, and Jill reminds us if you'd like to help out with the group in any way, please contact her through Facebook, message or phone at 07469-174-299. Back in August, our very own Glenn Roberts sat down with Pat McGran of the Isla Community Access Group to discuss all things access. Good afternoon, or should I say good morning. Today I have the opportunity to have a conversation with Pat McGran. Or should I say Dr. Pat McGran. Pat McGran is the chairman of the Isla Community Access Group. And today we're hoping to learn more about the Access Group. Um, I've I've done a few questions and I'm sure Pat won't mind um, while we do this sort of question and answer, uh, like on the BBC. So my first question, you and your wife retired and moved to Port Ellen. Why did both of you choose Isla? So we're going to hand over to Pat. Well, we chose Isla because my wife first came to Isla in 1968 with her parents. Uh, And so she fell in love with the place then. So when we'd been married for a few years with three young children, uh, we decided to come to Isla first in 1985. Uh, and we've been coming here ever since every year uh, and we ended up buying a holiday home here which we now live in. Live in. Excellent. Um, and, and it is a beautiful island to come to, to retire to. But from what I know, and you and I have had many conversations, um, you are now the chairman of the Isla Community Access Group. Now, how did you get involved in this position? Well... When we first came to Isla, I spent the first four or five years restoring the house and particularly the garden. But then it came that the time that I needed something else to do. So we went to the annual general meeting of the Isla Community Access Group. And lo and behold, uh, I became the chairman within the next few days. And that was in 2013. I think I've been to a number of those meetings when I get, when we all get, um, introduced into different groups which is always good to help the community as the community have always been good to well i i think they're very good to um newcomers so i'm always quite happy to like yourself to join these groups could you tell us a little uh, insight into the isla community access group for those of our listeners who are not fully aware of the, the work that the group is involved in and hard work that they do. Yes, the Isla Community Access Group became a, a charity and had its a constitution written in 2006. Uh, and it laid pretty dormant then until about 2013. Uh, and the whole point of, of uh, Isla Community Access Group 
affectionately known as ICAG, is to improve the quality of life for those who live on Isla and those visiting Isla by creating a safe and accessible range of opportunities to access the countryside for recreation and enhanced health and well-being. Uh, so that's why I was attracted to being of medical uh, experience. So then having become chairman, it's a matter of what's the project got to be? And the project ended up being the three distilleries path connecting Port Allen to Ardbeg. I know on, on my notes, the, the three distilleries path, as you say, was opened in 2016. Can you give us an, an update on the project? Yeah, well, uh, it was opened in 2016 and we were very honoured to have the, the Duke of Rothsay come and visit us and congratulate us on, on our achievements. And indeed, he suggested that we tear out all the fences and replace them with hedges. Um, I think you could see from the expression on my face that that was never going to happen. Uh, since then, the path has become more popular particularly with local folk, and we now have a recorded usage of at least 50,000 journeys a year. We have an electronic counter on Farkin Hill, so we know the use. Uh, the joy is to see local families uh, with their push bikes and prams and grannies all using the path for rest and recreation. We, 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 we all seem to be into this keep fit regime now and with bicycle and walk, biking and walking, which is leading me now on to the present time you're involved in the path between Bacladi and Port Charlotte, again, including walking and cycling. Uh, again, we ask the question, how do you get involved in organising such a major project and how are things progressing? I think we got involved with the uh, Brookladic to Port Charlotte route based on the success of the three distilleries path uh, because uh, before you can start a project you've got to find some pump priming finance to get you going uh, and so and so uh, a good good amount of money was uh, given to us to, to to take on this project so that's how it started uh, and off we went so we built one we're building one now and we're planning another for the future so, unfortunately, the progress of the Brookladic to Port Charlotte has been uh, delayed because of the COVID-19, but this very week we're now back to full-strength workforce, so we should have it done by late autumn, we hope. And we were hoping it would be ready earlier this year, but because of COVID-19, everything was yeah, upheld. We, we had hopes, hadn't we? <laughs> yes. Have it ready for, for Easter. Yes. But, uh, things, but yeah. Things be as they are, you've just got to accept these things. So mm -hmm. it's been very frustrating. In fact, we lost three whole months of construction. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's going to prolong the whole process by about five to six months. But if everything would have gone to plan, we'd be walking it today. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, of course, it is like the three distilleries path. It's a dual-purpose pathway, so we encourage cyclists um, to use these paths and as you know uh, part of the post-Covid period is to increase people taking exercise particularly cycling and we are now planning on having two cycle repair units 
on Isla, one will be situated on the path at Brookladdick for those cyclists who need to do semi-urgent repairs. Regretfully, I won't be included in that. I know the last time I rode a bike, and I know we've had discussions about the path, and I know that you have been trying, or hopefully going to, get the school children at uh, Port Charlotte Primary School, or even the high school, involved in signage. Yeah, that's very true. I was very encouraged uh, before the COVID-19 came along. I went to the school and the, the amount of enthusiasm there was tremendous. Unfortunately, because of the school lockdown and now the summer holidays, that again has been delayed. But I, um, I'm still in contact with the head teacher and we hope to get some designs ready as soon as possible. Which, which, which will be good for the, for the younger generation because I always feel that sometimes the students or children uh, are not involved as they should be. I know it sounds strange, but a lot of the work that you do is done behind the scenes and it, it will be nice to see that working behind the scenes, including working with the school, will um, show that the group is becoming more and more involved locally. Although our funding, majority of the funding, as you have said, always comes from the mainland. Yes. But it's nice to see something happening with the, the students on Isla. Yes, it'd be nice to think in 30 years' time when they're looking back that they can remember the path when it opened, when they were, when they were children. Uh, I think that would be a great, uh, a great legacy. I think it's somebody you needed somebody who had no experience who was starting with a, a blank page uh, and that's how it started and then you had to do the, all the background research mm -hmm. the funding I just think it needed somebody who had the time and the interest uh, to think of, of the project and it's essentially we were starting off with a blank piece of paper uh, so I had the time to do the research uh, and to look at funding but what impressed me most was the uh, the sense that the community wanted it. A lot of work had been done in the previous years, particularly by SID, South Isla Development, about uh, facilities that the community needed and one of them was a safe place to exercise. And so uh, the, gradually this blank sheet of paper started filling up and that's where the idea was consolidated. That's very kind, Pat. Thank you very much for that. Um, it gives us a more insight into um, the access group. The question we'd ask is, how do you find time for hobbies? And, of course, taking the time for the dog walking. <laughs> well, I think it's a matter of, if you want anything doing, always ask a busy person to do it. <laughs> it's just, uh, I've always been, well, as a household, we've always been rather busy and dynamic, and one just steps up to the mark and gets on with it. So that's, that's how it goes. Everything else falls into place. Quite happy with hobbies. Dogs well exercised, no problems. And let's face it, and the, the dreek winter months here, particularly the mornings, it's nice to have something to stay in and to do rather than to go out all the time. And how, and how um, are you going to... I know the island is interested um, but what is the best way for anybody interested to get involved with the access group? I think in the first uh, event would be just to contact me 
or the treasurer yourself uh, or the secretary Gary McLean uh, and keep an eye uh, on the meetings that, that, that we hold because we have to consult with the community and we had a major consultation process about to happen with the uh, the route that we are planning from Beaumont to Bridge End but that had to be cancelled at the last minute because of the Covid-19 crisis. Uh, just to show an interest uh, to anybody who's already working and we're always looking for volunteers. In fact one of the great things from the Covid-19 uh, here in Ireland has been that some of the furloughed uh, work people have actually put volunteered to do work on the path in their own time Excellent. and we've had the whole of the three distilleries path uh, strimmed and cut back by volunteers it's been absolutely great it shows that the, it sh that shows the uh, community spirit on the island and i know you mentioned the the uh, the, the other path that's on hold at the moment regarding but more to bridge end but that will be what another five years away Yes, it'll be, it'll be yes, three plus years. I think uh, we've done the initial concept and design work uh, and then we as a group will be sitting down in the next six weeks to see uh, how, how fast and how far we progress it. But we talk, that is a major, major project for us. Um, and when, I'm unsure as to how funding will go in the post-Covid period. But we as a... A management group will have to sit and decide what our next moves are. That would be an interesting meeting to attend. It will, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, the long-term vision is that uh, across Scotland, the government has what is called core routes. Routes across the countryside that they want to see uh, developed into a network. And the plan for Isla is within the next 30 years that there will be a network of dual purpose pathways to try to cover the whole circumference of Isla. I don't think we'll ever achieve that because of the, the, the basic geography of the island, but that is the idea to have a network of dual purpose pathways uh, so that you can visit and enjoy the countryside of the majority of Isla. But that's not present at the moment. No, I think that's at least a 20 to 30 year project with a fair wind and everything else. Well, we, you and I then, by then will be retired and we'll sit and watch. <laughs> anyway, um, on that happy note, I'm going to take this opportunity to thank Pat very much for taking the time and trouble to talk to us. And we wish you and um, obviously the Access Group all the best for the future. Thank you very much, Pat. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Pleasure, Well, it's clear that a lot of work goes into planning and developing these paths, not least the funding. Yes, for the Brookladdy to Port Charlotte path, Pat was able to pull together funding from Sustrans, which is the agency responsible for the National Cycle Network. They also received funding from the Scottish Government Rural Tourism Infrastructure Fund, EU Leader Funds, and Brookladdy Distillery in addition to contributions from the Axis Group themselves. That is quite a mouthful. We checked in with Pat just before broadcast for an update. He told us that the path is currently estimated to be completed by the end of January 2021, 
I for one can't wait. And one last reminder, the public consultation for the Bermore to Bridge End path is now open. You have until the 7th of December 2020 to give your input and feedback to the proposed plans. You can also find all the information, including maps and the questionnaire, at islapathways.com. Now, let's turn to music. We hope to include many more musical offerings with Island Jura Connections over the coming months, but since we're using Fraser Shaw music as our theme, we thought it only appropriate to start off with Isla Sessions. And we're lucky enough to have Greg Shaw to tell us more. Thank you very much for that. So yeah, I'm just here to sort of give you a little bit of background about um, Fraser Shaw, who was, first of all, he was my brother, um, who was a well-known face on Isla. And he, uh, for most of you who don't know the story, he, he passed away five years ago this year. Uh, from MS, and it was MS-related illness it had. Um, since we lost Fraser in May, there was it was the whiskey festival was about to start, uh, and he he was always one of the kind of stalwarts of the Procladi Day Open Day Whiskey Festival, which I'm sure many of you will have been to. His band Maverick Angels, who will say were famous on Isla, but nobody nowhere else. They they were kind of friends of Fraser's who played with. Um, Stretches Orchestra and one other bands there. So they, they, they were due to play that year, and uh, or they were due to have an auction that year, and Jim McEwen had kindly decided that he would like to donate some money to help Fraser and adapt the house for his, his disability was getting worse at this point. Uh, but sadly, we lost Fraser before the event. So anyway, long story short, he decided he would auction off some of his own whiskey and donate a large sum of money to uh, my mum and Angus. He said, do what we want with this. Um, but we would like a seat or a bench or some memorial for Fraser down at the front, which is, if you're ever in Brickladdy, you will see Fraser's seat. The rules are, and I made them up, so that that's the rules. You have to have a dram and a toast to Fraser. It doesn't have to be whiskey. You could have a gin or a wine, because Fraser was partial to wine as well on there. So um, anyway, this money kick-started the Fraser Shaw Trust, and uh, we decided, right, okay, what will we do with this money, and what can we do? We decided to have a series of events. Uh, those events started off in the first year with a Shaw Fest, we called it, which was set up in Glasgow. And it was um, friends who basically got together and had craft fair. We had a Kaylee. We had all sorts of face painting for kids throughout the day. And then we had a bit of a kind of shindig and music at night. And it was a big success. So we actually raised quite a lot of money through that as well. So from that, we decided, right, okay, we need to, decide what we're going to do with this money and how we're going to support various people. Fraser always had it in his mind that he wanted to write his book um, and use the money to help run the Loch Gilped, uh MS Centre, who helped him. They, cut, they visited Isla an awful lot and they actually have, you know, they're a small centre that supports local people. So we decided this was one of the charities that we wanted to support. Another mission that we set up was to support music and particularly music education on Isla and sort of in Glasgow, which were two Fraser's bases when he was, well, it wasn't Isla, he was in Glasgow and playing in sessions in here. So that's kind of how the Fraser Shaw Trust actually started. Um, Fraser, uh, obviously this month was going to be the Isla sessions that was going on. Fraser started these sessions uh, 
in 2000. Oh, this would have been the 10th one, so that was a big year. We had five years losing uh, Fraser. Uh, there was a 10th Isle of Sessions, and it would have been Fraser's 40th birthday this year on the 23rd of December, so that's quite a big date for us all. Um, but obviously, this situation has kind of changed all our plans quite considerably. Uh, and we decided that we can't get everybody to Isla, so let's have an online session. And even that has proved difficult, <laughs> given the fact that we can't sell tickets to get people into the hall, but we thought we'll have, there's, there's always a raffle. It's a big Isla thing, is there's always a raffle at every event in Isla, so we can't have that raffle, or we couldn't have that raffle on, online. Thought, how do we do this? So the tickets that we're selling via Eventbrite are entered into the prize draw where we have some pretty amazing prizes from everybody. Uh, Graham at the Port Charlotte Hotel has put up uh, two nights bed and breakfast in the Port Charlotte Hotel, which is something you never get out of Graham, so that's a great prize to get out of him. I did try to get dinner thrown in, but he wasn't having it. <laughs> and we've got, we have uh, as a kind of star prize, the last bottle of uh, Valinche that was bottled for the Fraser Shaw Trust, which is one of six. This was from last year's bottling. It was one of six bottles. Uh, the, the other ones we sold off, and all the money from that went into the trust as well. We did it through a bonus ball round. But this time we've decided we'll just thought we'll put that into the ticket. So that's quite a valuable bottle of whiskey and a really nice addition to any Preclady collectors. So that's the plans for the, for the ticket side of things. Obviously, I don't know if we explained that yet, that we're going to have to delay the live part of the, this, the sessions. And that's down to COVID. And we need we need several people to come together to help do the prize draw and make sure everything's all done and make sure that we've got the sound equipment, the camera equipment, everything else all up and running. Well, we feel very privileged to, to be able to share some of the music today. What are we going to start off with, Greg? So I think we'll start off with um, Jack Smedley and David Foley, who a um, couple of young up-and-coming players who have don't think they've quite made it to Isla yet, and hopefully we'll have them over next year. Um, they, they're a fantastic fiddle and flute player, and I think they're accompanied by Jen Butterworth on this track as well.
That was awesome. I really enjoyed the way the energy increased and then the tempo change. What are we going to listen to next? Next up, we have a well-known face on Isla. She's been over and performed several times now. She was over part of the Isla sessions when we launched the Makila album. And uh, this is Maeve McKinnon. Good 
That was simply breathtaking. Beautiful voice. Thank you so much for sharing both tracks with us. If people want more information about the Fraser Shaw Trust, what's the best way for people to keep updated? The best way, we, we're trying to cover all our social media bases just now. So we have Facebook page for the Fraser Shaw Trust. It's also one for the ILA Sessions. This year, Stella Sessions were always run by Graham at the Port Charlotte Hotel and Fraser when they started them. This was actually the first year that the Fraser Shore Trust were going to be organising and promoting the event officially. I believe a lot of folk thought that was already happening, so we decided let's just bring everything together under one umbrella. It makes it a little bit easier. So if they go to Trust Fraser or search for the Fraser Shore Trust on Facebook, you will find all the information on there. Others Trust Fraser on Instagram. We have also got uh, it's Trust Fraser One on Twitter. And uh, we've also got a YouTube channel. So if you search for the Fraser Shore Trust, that's where we'll be doing the live broadcast from when we eventually get to that. So right now the the event is planned for January the 9th. That's right, yeah. We plan to be live on air at 7:30 on the 9th, where some of the artists that you hear tonight will be playing their sets specially recorded for the sessions. And there will be live links from, from me <laughs> in between. And the prize draw will also be done live, hopefully from Isla. Restrictions permit. That's great. We're, we're, I think we're all looking forward to 2021. Absolutely. Thanks again, Greg, for joining us today. No problem. That was great. I'm really glad that Greg was able to share more about the Fraser Shaw Trust, and we were able to get a preview of the other sessions event coming up in January. As a reminder, here's the social media information again for the Fraser Shaw Trust. They're on Facebook at Trust Fraser, on Twitter at Trust Fraser, and on Instagram at Trust Fraser One. You can also check out their website www.frasershawtrust.com. That's Fraser with an S. And now over to Tom with this month's factoid. As we had discussed pathways earlier, I thought you might like to hear a related fact. In the summer of 2019, Stratton Parker produced a survey which found that on average, only 4% of people in Scotland commute by bicycle. When you take a closer look at our Garland Buttes, that figure went up to 15%. The overall stats for commuters in Scotland, 40% used a car, 35% used the train or bus, 10% car shared, 4% cycle, 11% used other methods, including walking. Thanks for that, Tom. We're clearly not the Netherlands, but I know that even on Isla, we do have bicycle commuters, and not just in fair weather either. That's all we have time for this month. Just before we go, a quick reminder that we are looking for your Isla and Jura stories or questions to be featured in future podcasts. You can email them to thisisisla at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at This Is Isla, on Twitter at This Is Isla, and on Instagram at This Is Isla Podcast. All the links mentioned in this month's episode are tagged in our Out Now post, so go check them out. Thank you very much for listening, and remember to hit the like button and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm Sharon McCarry. You've been listening to This Is Isla, the people, places, events and connections of Isla and Jura. And we invite you to join us again next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Is Isla podcast. 
Our theme song is Swift Crown Cashback by Fraser Shaw.